Pursley. Pepper, Pursley. <laughs> Hi, Pepper. Been a minute. Uh, I just want to say, like, I love you. Like, I always see you, like, interview people, and I'm glad, I, like, I'm here to get that. Pepper, Pursley, go ahead. Pepper. Pepper. Thanks, Pepper. What's up, Pepper? That's my girl, Pepper. <laughs> Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Dish with Pepper with me, Pepper Pursley. I wanted to share my 2022 Black History Month project, Defining Black History. I asked 10 prominent black women these questions. What does black history mean to you? And who is someone in black history we don't hear about enough? I spoke to these amazing women. Fox Sports broadcaster, Christina Pink, two-time WNBA MVP and two-time WNBA champion Asia Wilson of the Las Vegas Aces, head coach of the Seattle Storm Noel Quinn, CEO of the New York Liberty Kia Clark, ESPN broadcaster Andrea Carter, three-time WNBA champion and Olympic gold medalist Chelsea Gray of the Las Vegas Aces, president of business operations of DC United Danita Johnson, head coach of Stony Brook women's basketball Ashley Langford, Vice President of Player Development and Organizational Growth for the, for the Boston Celtics, Allison Feaster, and Co-Owner and Vice President of the Atlanta Dream, Renee Montgomery. I'm very proud of this project, and I hope these responses will inspire you. Pepper Pursley here. This is my Black History Project, and it was really important to me to do something like this to highlight Black History, and so you know that it's not only in February, but it's always. And I got answers and responses from some amazing Black women, and I'm really excited to share it with you. Hi, Pepper. So when I think of Black History Month, I think it's a time of reflecting, learning, and understanding both how far we've come and that there's still a lot more work that needs to be done. Black history to me means amplifying those black people, those black legends that laid the foundation down for people like me to succeed. Things that we don't learn in school, shining light on their stories of how they became who they are and how it amplifies in our normal lives now. Yeah, black history is extremely important to me. Um, in order to understand who I am, I must first understand who my ancestors and descendants were. Um, you know, it's also important to know that Black history doesn't just start with chattel slavery or Jim Crow or even the civil rights movement. Um, Black history starts in ancient Africa, you know, where our people, my people were doctors and skilled in math and astronomy and engineers and architects and craftsmen and women and kings and queens. And so we want to highlight, you know, Black history you got to learn about the good, the bad, the ugly, um, but it's about celebrating and, you know, our successes, celebrating our people, honor, honoring legacies, um, and just honoring the sacrifices that our people made, and especially for me to be here. So it is extremely important for me to understand my history because it, it, it lets me understand who I am um, today, but also what I need to do for the future um, and, and create those examples for future generations. What does Black history mean to me? For me, Black history is American history. The two cannot be separated. It cannot be contained by one month in a year either. And in my family, we celebrate all year round. What does Black history mean to you? Black history, to me, um, I think it means, obviously, the history of, of our people, but I think it's it's 
different than just history because it's left out a lot. And I think that history of a lot of minorities is left out, but for black history, I think that it's left out. I think that it's um, twisted a little bit. I think it's changed. I think that, you know, people who uh, teach it, I think curriculum on it is, isn't always true. Um, I think it's skewed sometimes. And so, you know, when I think of black history, I think of the actual events that happened in the history of black people. I think of the, the true history of black people and it distinguished from regular history because history and, and regular history doesn't always teach black history in its truest form. Um, so I, I think that's what it means to me. Black history is highlighting the contributions that black Americans have made to every facet of our culture. The history of black people in this country is American history and it's important to celebrate how far we have come while also acknowledging how far we have to go. Um, black history is recognizing the beauty in being black and the pain in being black and how those two emerged to bring us some of the most monumental moments in history. What does black history mean to you? You know, black history for me is a study of the history of black Americans and African-Americans around the world. Um, it's so important to know where you came from, um, know about the history of your people, um, the cultural impact, um, what it's done for our generations and our communities. And to me, it's a true study of that. And not only do I look at like the past, but I think about how it affects us here now and how we move forward in the future. Um, it means everything. I mean, it's, it's our culture, it's our ancestors, it's, it's deep. And for me, I, I don't celebrate it just in February. I think I'm happy and proud of being a black female every single day. Um, but it, it is glad, I'm glad that it's getting the recognition that it deserves and the on, ongoing um, communications and, and, and conversations that need to continue to take place um, about our history. And I think education is really key. So if we're reaching one person during Black History Month and they learn something that they didn't know before, um, then that's a win. But I'm telling you right now, for me, it's, 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 it's all year. It, it shouldn't just be one month. We should be celebrating our heritage and, and who we are every day. And, and I do that with our players and, and myself and my family. And I mean, I, I love being Black. I love being a female. I love being myself. So uh, it means a lot. Black history is, uh, it's a, you know, a very intricate facet of American history, um, simply speaking. I am thrilled that we are in a day and age where we can celebrate, you know, the many um, beautiful things about being, you know, a person of color, a Black person in the United States. Um, I am thankful that my organization creates a space where we can, you know, celebrate our differences uh, and celebrate our, our commonalities as well. And so I was raised by a Black woman. I was raised obviously in a Black family and I could not be more proud of, you know, the work that our forefathers, foremothers, uh, you know, did before me to pave the way to create, you know, these types of opportunities for me. All right. So what's up, everybody? Hi, Pepper. Renee here. And someone that you should know about this Black History Month 
I would say is Aura Washington. And the reason I say that is because when I learned about her story and all the different layers of her story and all the different obstacles, the different things she had to overcome and then to still be as successful as she was, started out playing tennis, was dope at that, killed it, moved on to basketball, bomb, got inducted into the Hall of Fame. Like, what? I'm this. It didn't happen that simply, but look into her, find more out about her because she is black history. So shouts and ode to Aura Washington. And who is someone in black history that we don't hear about enough? Who is someone in black history we don't hear about enough? Good question. Um, I, I came from a family of educators. Mary McLeod Bethune um, was a figure that was very central um, to, to me, my um, sister, my mother, my girl cousins. Um, you know, we always prioritized uh, and valued the, um, in education. And so her legacy of being an educator, of, of um, stressing the importance of using, you know, education as a, as a tool to um, kind of, you know, navigate life um, should be celebrated. Who is someone in Black history that people need to know more about? I think there are several little known figures in Black history. One group that is near and dear to my heart is the Spartan Girls of Brooklyn. This was an all-Black girls basketball team created around the year 1910. They paved the way for so many women to play this game, myself included, and are definitely a part of the legacy that has now become the New York Liberty. And the one person I probably want to spotlight on is Claudette Colvin. She is Rosa Parks before Rosa Parks. Uh, she did it at the age of 15, and I think she kind of gets overlooked. So just to shine that light on her and, and for her putting her foot down and standing for what she believes in. And who is someone that doesn't get talked about enough during Black History Month? Oh, that's a good question. I mean, I know we all love sports and we talk about sports a lot, but I think there's this, I mean, to kind of double down on it, I think there's this beautiful world of like female athletes. And we talk a lot, probably a little bit more now presently, but I think there's this other space for the historics of that, that we could probably add more color to, um, add more voice to um, of women in history. Right, and then is there anybody um, who is in Black history that isn't talked about enough that you'd like to share? Um, Ethel Payne, have you heard of Ethel Payne? No. Yeah, yeah. so she, she is known as the first lady of the Black press. Um, and I what I like about, Ethel's story is she was kind of like a pioneer like she I, I won't tell her whole story because I don't want to butcher it but basically you know she didn't when she was around 35 or 37 right so she was older in her career she moved to Japan um, to work for something similar to the Red Cross um, I think it's the Army Special Services maybe but while she was working there uh, she would write about the experiences of black soldiers in her journal. So she wasn't even a journalist, but she was just writing, you know, everything that she was seeing. And then she ended up giving it to a journalist and then it ended up going into um, newspapers. And so she kind of became like a correspondent and became a writer. And this is in her thirties, um, started writing for the Chicago Defender. And it kind of just went from there. She was writing for the Chicago Defender and she was, um, you know, started covering back in the United States, covered 
civil rights movements, covered wars, covered intense trials. Um, she was known for straightforward writing. She was known for asking really hard questions, uh, ended up working for radio and news stations. And uh, the, the story is amazing. I don't want to butcher it, but Ethel Payne, um, she was kind of alone in her journey um, as a Black woman in journalism um, and in writing. And so I think that um, I want to say she was the first Black woman in the like White House correspondence, like the people that asked the president's questions. Um, and she asked presidents some tough questions. So if you get a chance, uh, look up Ethel Payne. I think that you would like her story. Who is someone in Black history that we need to know more about? Right. Um, so, you know, I talked about this in my presser before about honoring the women who have paved the way for me to be a coach, right? I stand on their shoulders. And so within that same sentiment, I'll, I'll kind of do the same right here with your question. Um, I want to honor like a group of women. Um, and I would say the women of Black Wall Street is who I would point to. So um, Black Wall Street I was a part of a, uh, the Greenwood District in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma. It was like a, a thriving Black community with businesses, restaurants, hotels, and all of these things. And so um, the Black women of Wall Street were very successful. Um, Dora Wells was a businesswoman who owned a garment factory and a hair man manufacturing school. Um, Irene Evans was a cafe owner. Um, Mary Elizabeth Jones was an author and a school founder. So amazing things happening with, with Black women in this community. Um, in 1921, um, Greenwood was burned down by white riders um, based off of a, a rumored incident between a young Black man and a young white woman. And so the entire thriving Black district, um, Black Wall Street was burned down. And so when I think about um, the opportunities that these Black people have, specifically these Black women that I want to highlight, um, I think an, uh, an opportunity was taken away for their lineage and their um, generational wealth to happen because it was taken away in a blink of an eye by, by, by their businesses being burnt, burned down. It could have been the next Marriott's or the next biggest chain, the next like Cheesecake Factory, right? But um, what this story also shows me is just the resiliency that we have as Black people. Have we we've we've went through we've gone through history and all these things that have happened to us, good, bad, and different, right? Some some pretty harsh things have happened, some pretty great things have happened, and a lot of in between. But we've always had to be resilient. We've always had to push forward. And we've always had to have this inner strength and peace. And I, and I feel like that's come from our ancestors, right? Because a lot of things that we've learned is generational. Um, it is um, within our DNA. So um, I would like for people to learn more about Black Wall Street in, in general. Um, the women of Black Wall Street were amazing and were powerful. But in that same sentiment, for me to highlight those women, um, I stand on those women's shoulders as well. I'm going to talk about Althea Gibson because she broke racial barriers in tennis. She was the first African-American tennis player to compete at the U.S. National Championships in 1950 and was also the first black player to compete at Wimbledon in 1951. Gibson dominated women's competition in the late 1950s. And what many people may not know is that she later broke racial barriers in professional golf as well. So let's continue to shine a spotlight on these incredible trailblazers and those who continue to make an impact right now in our communities. I 
hope you enjoyed that. And now I'm really excited for you all to hear my conversation with two of the main people behind my book, Not To Anything, which comes out on February 27th. Check it out. And I have some very special guests today who um, I hope will just introduce themselves and their role in this book process. Yeah, definitely. My name is Nada Kajali and I am Pepper's editor. I'm the editor at Muse. So I helped Pepper kind of get her book from start to finish. And we're really excited to see it come out. My name is Jessica Jones and um, I'm the illustrator of the book. All right. Um, so first off, Jessica, I just wanted to ask you, you know, how um, you were able to kind of incorporate my ideas as a writer, but also kind of keep your style as an illustrator throughout the book. And I'm really excited for this to come out because I think the illustrations are one of my favorite part of it, but it's amazing. So oh. yeah, just talk about that. Yeah, so I'm mean, honestly, whenever I um, begin a book, you know, obviously reading the manuscript, I'm already starting to like visualize things. Um, the team did already have some ideas in mind, which really helped um, kind of incorporate and like bridge those certain gaps. Um, actually doing your book was a different style for me, and it really, really brought out um, a different side of me as an artist. So I was very excited to be able to explore that new style. And I really feel like it pushed me more as an illustrator, for sure. All right. And then can you just break down kind of what your illustrating process is like from start to end? Yeah. So I usually, once I'm reading the manuscript, I start to start to visualize in my head. Um, from there, um, I'll do sketches and sort of plot out the book. So based on um, how many pages are within the book, based on whatever the, artor, the author is looking for, I sort of break down the book, set out all of the sketches. Um, and then once they're approved and everybody likes them um, or whatever changes need to be made are made, from there, I start to ink and then I start to color. And I'm doing everything digitally on my iPad. Um, I use a program called Procreate. And um, I've done, I've used that program for the majority of the books that I've made. Um, and I also do it for my personal work. It really, really allows me to have like a plethora of colors and, you know, a texture and all of these things that you see and that they'll see in the book. Um, that's all within this like one program. So, yeah. Yeah, process. that's awesome. Yeah, it's really <laughs> cool to kind of hear that because um, I know all of us probably had a different process within this and I think it's really cool just to kind of hear that. All right, Nautica, um, what do you do? I'm just kind of curious what your role is within the publishing company and then um, kind of what your role was within just making this book happen. Yeah, that's my dog, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm an editor, I'm a managing editor. So that means... I am working with books from acquisition from the time we have decided to sign on an author to book in hand. So I'm really managing any additional editors that we bring on. I'm kind of the liaison between the author and the illustrator. So I'm handling a lot of that communication. I'm talking to printers and getting blank books. So kind of all the pieces that bring a book to life, my hand is touching them. And it was the same for your book. So it was working with you on your story. It was working with Jessica to get the illustrations, right? It was working with the printer to figure out the sizing and the trim size and all the specs and paperweights. And then the distributors to make sure like, is everything on the back end pulled together? So it's a really big role <laughs> under the title of editor, but that was kind of the hand I had here. 
All right, that's really cool. And this is a question for both of you to kind of answer. Um, but just what about like my story um, first inspired you to reach out um, to me and kind of for Jessica, what inspired you to like take the direction you did with the illustrations and be able to bring my story to life? For me, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry, Nadika. No, go, Jessica. Um, I, Pepper, I don't know if you know this, but I actually grew up playing basketball. Um, I played basketball all through um, as a child. Um, my dad played basketball as well. Um, so that was like the main thing. That was like something that I loved. And then also it's like once I, you know, found out who you were and saw all the things that you were doing ever since you were a child, I was just like, yo, this is the best you know, this is just like the coolest little girl. I was like, oh my gosh, obviously you're not a little girl anymore, but you know, I was just like, this is just so cool. Um, and it was so exciting for me to see all that you were doing. Um, I personally couldn't pass it up um, just from your story alone. And obviously the story was really well written. Um, I felt that it would reach a lot of ears. And so I definitely had to have my hand in it as well. Just, I'm so glad you say that because Pepper, our team was in awe of you for a hot minute. And <laughs> a lot of times people will reach out to us with submissions, but then if we as an, as a publishing company see someone that's doing incredible things and we're like, we need to have this story, we reach out to them. So after we kind of stumbled across you one day, we really beca became little stalkers and we were just like, what is Pepper doing now? What is she doing next? And it was just like you're saying, it was something we couldn't, we couldn't pass it up and Jessica, even for you, when we kind of got Pepper's story under wraps and we had her manuscript and we did all the changes and we were looking for the perfect illustrator to help bring her story to life, Jessica, we came across you and it was like, this would be perfect to put these two pieces together. So I think Pepper, it was, it all just lined up beautifully. You were doing incredible work. It was hard to kind of keep that to only our eyes. And we're like, no, Pepper. Pepper's already a global entity on her own. Mm -hmm. We want her backstory because- the way you move adults, I know you'll do the same for other kids who see your story. So it kind of, it was, it was a no brainer for our team to, to reach out and make sure that we could share your story with the world. Yeah. And I have to say that like the fact this is all coming together is crazy, but it's really been a process that's been like, a, like a year for me, but I'm sure over a year for you, you know, reaching out. And I remember when you first sent out an email, I was like, they want me to write a book. It's crazy. Um, and I think throughout this process, you know, I've learned so much about myself and about the kind of reach that I could have on people, which is so important to me and kids, especially. Um, and that's always been really important to me in my work as a journalist, because there aren't a lot of kids who do what I do. And I think that's what makes it really special that I'm able to kind of share my perspective, um, with adults and kids. And so this is just another way for me to do that. Um, and I'm super excited that this is all been able to come together I mean what's crazy about it is that like Jessica this is my first time meeting you like face to face I know. Um, which is crazy because I feel like um we've been working together for so long but it's yeah this is a process that's like coming together and I'm just really excited for everybody to be able to pre-order and order the book um when it comes out which is now that it's the new year really soon it's coming mm -hmm. up so thank yeah. you all for everything that you did for my book I mean I'm so excited um all right. Now, uh, my last question is just why people should buy this book. So in your own words, through the work that you did, um, just kind of describe what you think is special about it. That's a good one. Um, well, what if you know anything about Pepper? Um, she's incredible, for lack of a, a stronger word right now. Pepper's incredible. And I think 
we oftentimes are always buying books and writing books by adults. And something that's always been important to us as a publishing company is sharing stories written by kids for kids, because those are the perspectives told in their own, like that's what matters. And I think so many people will get such incredible knowledge and insight from Pepper, regardless of their age. So I think it's the perfect book to start off the new year, especially for young readers to kind of see what lies ahead for them and what their options are in the world and to never stifle themselves regardless of naysayers. So I think it'll be a perfect read for everyone, um, regardless of ages. But I'm so excited. I can't wait to give it to my nephew because I know it's something he's going to love. Oh, that's awesome. That is. I love that. Um, I think for me, I think this story is something that um, is sort of timeless um, in a lot of ways because of the bullying aspect. Obviously, that's something that you would think that we would not have a problem with, you know, now, but it is something that is continuing. And I do hope that over time, it'll be less and less. And I think with stories like these, um, that will be possible. So for me, obviously, the story itself is is something that I feel like readers need. Um, and then also visually, I think that um, the illustrations sort of bring everything together and attract the story. And I feel like it's something that um, everybody will like, like, it's not for girls, it's not for boys, it's not mm -hmm. for, you know, it's yeah. not really for any particular person. Um, and I feel like it's also for adults as well. I feel like stories like that, just like, you know, transition or, you know, they, they go past any, um, particular group, you know, and just are, it's for everybody. So I think that's, that's my, um, hope that people will see for the book. Um, and I hope that it's something that they can share with everybody. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, from a writer's perspective, I was just so excited to be able to share my story um, and also trying to like inspire kids and adults on all different, for all different aspects of bullying. Like it's not a lot of the times people who are the bullies have a lot going on in their lives. So, you mm -hmm. know, this isn't just a story for the people who can have had my perspective in that um right. it's for adults who are helping kids going through that for the boys themselves I think everybody can kind of learn and grow and I really hope that this book can be a way to help that I mean I know from a very young age I loved reading um and children's books were like lessons that I learned from a very young age as well so I'm just hoping that this book can be kind of like all the books that I read when I was younger and all the books that I still read now, it can kind of serve as that kind of story for other kids and adults now. And I think having written the book is such a surreal experience. And I'm really grateful to both of you for how you were able to help in that journey. And I'm really excited for everybody to be able to read it. Um, um, and before we wrap this up, I just want to make sure that everybody knows where they can follow you and everybody um, can follow the work that you both do. So where can we find you on social media and the publishing company and everything to be able to follow this book story and your stories? Our publishing company is Muse. It's at Muse Inc. on Instagram with an underscore after Inc. Then if you're looking for me, it's at by Nautica Jolly on Instagram as well. Awesome. Thank you, Jessica. And for me, everything is um, Go Cosmic Ninjas. So it's my Instagram is at G-O Cosmic, C-O-S-M-I-C, Ninja, N-I-N-J-A. And then um, for my website it is also just www.gocosmicninja.com.
All right, awesome. So please continue to follow the work that they're doing because, you know, being able to put this book together has been an amazing experience, I think, for all of us. And I'm really grateful mm -hmm. for, again, for all the work that you did to make it happen. Thank you so much for joining me today. Um, as always, everybody can find me on Instagram at PepperFirstly and on TikTok at PepperFirstly as well. And yeah, make sure the book is up for pre-order. So if you want to grab that now, you can. Um, yeah, I'm really excited about it. Thank you both so much. Thanks, Pepper. Thanks, Pepper. Thanks, Nautica.